Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew in the fifth chapter, beginning with the 13th verse. Jesus says to the disciples and the crowds that have gathered around him, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand and gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may your presence, may your light illuminate this word in our hearts and our souls this morning. We offer this prayer to you. Amen. Amen. We are um, this summer in the midst of a sermon series called Scriptures to Live By. But when I was preparing for this Sunday, I had a little bit of trouble with that. Because when I have preached over the past couple of years, if there wasn't um, a scripture already prescribed or a a series that we were already in, I kind of already picked my scriptures to live by. And you've heard them already. Um, We've done Luke 12, 22. And do not worry. We've done Galatians 5 and the fruits of the spirit. Um, We've done the 23rd Psalm. And there are many, many wonderful scriptures, but those especially are kind of my go-to. And you have those, don't you? Your scriptures that you live by, um, those moments of, of worry and anxiety and stress and uncertainty. I have called on Luke 12:22 and the passage that follows so many times. In those moments where um, I know I need to be a little bit different person... <laughs> Then I am being in the moment. That's when I can go through that mantra of fruits of the spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and take a breath. And who is it that God is calling me and challenging me to be in this moment? And the 23rd Psalm is always there like a rock when I need it. But there is another image um, that for me wasn't usually tied to a particular scripture. And as you might have gathered, that image for me is light. And light is um, an image that I have sought to live by for quite a while now. And it's what I wanted to bring before us this morning. Light for me has always been tied to my call to ministry. It has been an image that has guided me in that. And perhaps you as well. Just to give you a little, a little glimpse, a little part of my call story. Um, some call stories are very long and unfolding. Some are a steady journey towards an end. Some are a wandering in the wilderness until you arrive back in the promised land. Um, my call happened in a moment. In a moment. And looking back, I could see leading up to that moment, but it happened in a moment. And in that moment where I knew that God was calling me to work with children's ministry in the church, there were a flood of images that came through my head. There was a, just 
an enormous amount of emotions and feelings and words that I tried to articulate. But in that moment, of all the images that went through my head, there was one in particular that I remember to this day. And it's a very simple moment, but it is one of light. It is a moment of light. And uh, I'm, I'm going to invoke a name here. And I ask you to stay with me and keep an open mind through this story. The person that was in my head in that moment was Grace Ashley. And I see some smiles. If you didn't know Grace Ashley, she was the director of our preschool and children's ministry here for 34 years. I think she invented the concept of being voluntold. (laughs) Adults avoided eye contact with her in the hall. Grown men were afraid to tell her no. But I didn't experience Grace as an adult. I experienced Grace Ashley as a child in this church. And in that moment came forth a memory. A memory of walking through these halls as as an older child or perhaps a young youth. And I was coming down the hallway and Grace was coming up the other way. I don't remember there being any other people in the hallway. And Grace saw me and she simply said, hello, Caroline. And I'm sure my eyes got huge because I went, she knows my name. Now, what I didn't know back then is that was Grace's thing. She knew every child's name, but I didn't know that. And how did she know my name? I mean, I did grow up in this church, but we came so my brother could be in the preschool. I was never in the preschool. I was never in her class. I was never in her school, but she knew my name. And I was a kid, and she was this giant of an adult on staff at a church. And she stopped and called me by name and knew me. And that's the whole memory. That's it. That one little moment, I remember it so vividly. But in my memory, in that calm moment, what stood out most of all is when I see Grace Ashley in my mind, what I see is light radiating all around her. Light radiating out of her. And to me, I knew that is the light of Christ shining out from her. That is Christ. That is Jesus coming out all over. And in my call, I I knew that I wasn't called to be Grace Ashley, but that I was called to be light, like I had experienced from her. Um, Early in my days on staff here, some of you, Oren, asked me, when are you going to do things like Grace did them? And I actually had the boldness one day to tell Oren, "Um, I'm not. Because that wasn't my call. My call wasn't to be her. She had unique gifts and talents and passions, some of which I share and many of which I do not. But to be light, that is something that I could grasp that was an absolute definite call to be light. And so when I was getting ready for this morning, I thought, well, that's a wonderful concept and idea that we are called to be light Um, But I need need a scripture because this is the preaching moment and we use the Bible. So, you know, so let's find light in scripture. And I began where many of you might begin. BibleGateway.com. Light. 
So after you take out the 43 references to lightning and another two dozen references to make light of, you're left with about 260 references to light in the Bible. And Mark Buford was so patient with me over the past couple of weeks as I decided it would be a great idea to go through all 260 and see what they meant and pick out the one that that was calling to me this morning. And that's how we get to Matthew chapter 5. But it's fascinating to look at light in Scripture, light in God's Word, something that appears 260 times. God's telling us something. I want to pay attention to that. Light begins in the beginning. In the beginning, in Genesis, we have light. And there, light is created. It is ordered. It is given place in the sun and the moon and the stars and given boundaries and definition. And light is pronounced good. It is good. And then, as God's people continue Light is a very physical thing. Light is something you need for a journey. Light is something you need to see your enemies. Light is something you need in a pillar of fire to guide you through the wilderness. Light is something the Israelites have during the plagues that the Egyptians are kept in darkness. Light is a very real and present and physical and tangible thing that is ordered and created and pronounced good. And then as we move through the Old Testament, light continues to be something that guides. Light is a presence that is even called for in the tabernacle, the most holy place where you could be in the presence of God. There are elaborate instructions about lamps and oils and purity because the presence of light illuminates the tabernacle, illuminates all who gather to come and worship and to be in God's presence. Then as we move forward into Isaiah, light loses any uh, real, tangible, literal meaning. We have gone now to poetry and metaphor. And light is a place, light denotes goodness. Light denotes God's presence. Light is seen in the countenance of a face. Light light brings judgment. Light reveals things that were hidden. Light becomes something poetic and powerful and strong. As we move into the prophets, um, light brings judgment. And that's not always a good thing. Because there are things that we are judged on that we might rather stay in darkness Or stay hidden sometimes. And then we come to the Gospels. And there is light. And the life is the light for all people. And the light is made incarnate. There is a person. There is a baby. There is a child that grows into a man in ministry. And that is the life again made right before us. And pronounced good. Oh, so good. And loving. And the light is there. And then we come to Matthew chapter 5. And in Matthew chapter 5, it's not just light that is around us and before us and guiding us and illuminating us, but light is us. 
You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. I always love going to scripture and going, oh, wait a minute, that's what it says. This doesn't say that you have the potential to be light. This doesn't say that God sees something in you that needs to be nurtured and grown and turned into light. God doesn't say, I want to give you the gift of life. Would you please take it? God doesn't say, maybe someday when you are fully sanctified, you then you will be light. God says, you are light right now. This is who I created you to be. You are light. So don't go hide it under a bushel and pretend to be something you're not and, and hide who you really are. You are light. Oh, and that's such a gracious thing to hear. Because so many times in our faith journey, we are um, trying to be something. Those fruits of the Spirit I need to be loving, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Which of those am I not doing? Where is the spirit not present in me? We see our faith journey and we see where we stumble. We see where we doubt. We see where we have not acted where we think we should. And those are all a real and present part of our journey. But along with that challenge... Along with that um, judgment at times, there needs to be a word of grace. There needs to be a word of love. There needs to be a word of affirmation. And we have it here. You are light right now. Right now. You are children of God and you are light. This passage comes at the beginning of Jesus' um, public teaching ministry. Um, Right before it, in the chapter of Matthew, we have Jesus calling disciples. And then Jesus goes all around the countryside and heals and teaches and preaches. And the crowds begin to gather. And more and more people are hearing about this Jesus and want to come and see and hear what he has to say. And so Matthew chapter 5, this is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And we have just heard the Beatitudes. The people have seen amazing things. The people have heard about Jesus. The people have experienced Jesus. And they have come together. Did you hear a word from God? You catching this, right? We gathered together, hearing a word? They have come, and the first thing that Jesus wants to tell them is not what they are not doing. Jesus wants to affirm God's presence in their lives and affirm who they are and then launch into all the teachings about here's the new way to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and might. Here's the new way to love your neighbor as yourself. But in order to live out of that, you have to claim who you are. You have to claim who you are. And part of that, I'm going to go into just a tiny bit of a tangent. We read the part about salt just above it. Um, but this gets to the claiming who you are and claiming that light. That passage always kind of confused me. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? And I never really got that. Um, I cook. You cook. Salt is different. It's not an herb like a leaf that grows on a plant that eventually crumbles into dust. It's not that spice jar in your cabinet that the essential oils all eventually break down and it doesn't taste like anything. Salt is not an herb or a spice. It's a mineral. It's a rock. It's a little crystal. 
I never understood how in the world does salt lose its salty. It never made any sense to me. I don't get that. And I read that one of the ways salt loses its saltiness is by being mixed with too many other things. It gets diluted. I don't know how this would have happened in biblical times. I don't know if the flour on the counter got mixed in with it or if the sand from the pottery or if it was, the lid wasn't kept on so it got dusty and gross in there. I don't know how it got mixed with other things, but it did. And the essence, it wasn't salt anymore. It was all gross with the other things all mixed together. And that makes a lot of sense to me. That makes a lot of sense. Because that's what we do in this world. We forget that we are light. We get mixed up with all the other messages about who we need to be in this world. We get mixed up with all the other messages of who we have been told we are and who we have been told we are not. And those messages stick. You can call up those messages of when you've been criticized and insulted and limited and told what you are not. And you can call up all those memories of who you think you should be, that you are not, and it gets mixed up. And the salt has lost its saltiness. And what good is it? But what follows it is that affirmation. You are light. You are light. And this is a good, good thing. This is a good thing. This is who I have called you to be. So don't put it under the bushel. Don't hide the light. Don't hide it. But let the light shine. Let your light shine so that it gives light to all in the house. Let your light shine before others. And that's how you, who you and I are called to be. That is who First Methodist Garland is called to be. I began with a little bit of my call story this morning, and I want to end with a little bit of it, too. But not my call story into ministry 20-something years ago. Uh, my call story right now. Because our call evolves. Who you see yourself to be in relation to God changes. It grows. Because we, we aren't who we were 20 years ago. In that moment, um, when I felt called to ministry with children, <clears throat> my memory, as you recall, was in that hallway right there. In this church. I didn't know I was going to end up being in this church when I had that experience, but here I am. And so for many years now, my ministry has been in the church. And part of how I understood that was when I get to work with kids, when I get to recruit adults and put curriculum and programs and ministries that our church is going to be a part of, we want to help children know at the very core of their being that God loves them, that they are light, so that when they go out into this world, they will carry that with them, with that confidence, with that self-esteem and assurance that rests in God, that sure foundation that we hope that the world won't topple. But now, there's a little more to that story for me. Because while this is a good and wonderful place for that light to shine, in that whole image I just shared with you, where am I? I'm right in here, inside First Methodist Garland. It's nice and safe in here. Got nice people here. We have nice programs here. I get to see sweet little kids. 
But there's a whole world outside these walls. There's a whole world outside these walls, and the call is just not for me to send out the kids. i got to go out there, too, which scares me to death, because I have no idea how to do that. But that's who I'm called to be. That's who you and I are called to be. You and I are called to be light in the world. Right now, the way that I see that being lived out is to be that light for our community at Freeman Elementary. But there are so many others, and that's where your heart is also. This is your hometown. I've said for a long, long time, Garland is just a big old small town. And this is your hometown. This is where your heart is. Maybe you were here visiting with family this morning, and you got another hometown. You are called to be light there as well. You are called to be light there in the places where we dwell, to take off that bushel basket, to take the jar off, to let the light shine so that our community may give glory to God. So the community may see you and you and me and know that those actions are because Jesus is in us, because we love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and might, and we love them. And there is the kingdom of God, my friends. There is the word of grace, not just for us, but for the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.